Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the very cold and rainy and snowy England in my parents' back bedroom, where I am recording this fourth episode of the podcast, A Journey Back to Self, based on the concepts and ideas that I expand upon in my best-selling book, The Journey Back to Self. And if you haven't got a copy right now, why not? Go out on Amazon, grab yourself a bargain while it's still in, on discount and really begin to transform your life. OK, with that being said, let's move on. Relationships and why do you attract who you attract? That question comes up more than any other in my life and one that has the same answer. You are attracting to you the same level of frequency and energy from which you are transmitting your signature. The law of attraction is an actual law. And why is this so important? OK, well, we can probably say that nobody deliberately seeks out someone who is closed, negative and needy. And if this is you, then this is what you will attract into your life on some level. It can be subtle. It's not always it's not always literal. But if you stay with me on in this episode, you are going to learn so much about the law of attraction and how it actually works in real life and not as a semantic idea or an intellectual concept that you're not going to understand. He says, hopefully. OK, so if you want a loving relationship, for example, and we all do, then you need to do the work of learning how to take emotional responsibility. And the best way I can explain this is to use examples of real life, real life case studies, which I have been involved with over the years. And I will change the name to keep the innocent from getting too, too uh, upset with me. Uh, but they are very real case studies. And I think it's the easiest way for me to explain what I mean. So Mark, let's call him Mark, tells me in a phone session over Skype. My wife, Sarah, she's always, always criticizing me. And how do I get her to stop? Right. OK. Another session where, let's say her name is Natalie, who is sat opposite me this time, says, my husband Jeff cheated on me and I feel so angry and betrayed. Now, it's always easy to see what your partner is doing that you don't like. That's a given. We're always looking through or outwards through the filter of our own meaning making process and making sense of the world based on our own ideology and our beliefs. So we always see the fault in others, but it's very challenging often to see your input into the dysfunctional relationship that you may share with your spouse, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. However, your end of the system or the relationship is equal to your partner's end. What do I mean by that? 
as we attract people at our level of woundedness or our level of health, we attract people at our collective level of self-abandonment or our collective level of self-care, whatever we hold in us, we are going to attract in another. Our partners are just mirroring back to us what we need to understand about ourselves. And that's the beauty here. In fact, mirror work is some of the most profound work that I do with my clients who really wish to dig deep into their psychology. And some of them do, some of them don't. If you do like the, the idea of really digging deep into your psychology, then I will be doing a podcast very soon on what is known as the seven mirrors of the Essenes. And they were spiritual and mystical healers that roamed the planet 2000 years ago and whose writings remained hidden up until the 1950s when the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were documents that effectively described the historicity of Jesus and Jerusalem and around that time, they were found in a cave in Qumran near to Jerusalem. Now, the Dead Sea Scrolls, for anyone unfamiliar, are documents that many believe point to the existence of the historical Jesus and not the Jesus of faith as depicted by the Catholic Church. Now, this is not a political or religious podcast, so there is no need for me to elaborate further on the significance or insignificance of the debate around the life of Jesus Christ. What I will say is that the teachings of the Essenes, especially the Seven Mirrors, have potentially profound insights into human psychology and how life is always reflecting back to us what, who and where we are on our own journey at a very intense level. So look out for that one, which is coming soon. OK, so let's get back to how we are attracting to us who we attract. I mentioned formally before going off on that slight tangent that we attract people at our level of woundedness and level of emotional health, our level of self-abandonment or our level of self-care. This means that the degree to which you emotionally abandon yourself, for example, by judging yourself, ignoring your feelings, using addictions and making others responsible for your feelings, is the same degree to which your partner is emotionally abandoning him or herself. I know that's a little deep, but that be the case and that be the fact. Our partners are forever mirroring back to us what we need to understand about ourselves until the lesson or lessons have been recognised, processed and transcended. I get it, it's not always easy and it may not always be, your, be obvious, but I can assure you the lesson or lessons are there. To be clear, I am not saying any of this is wrong. Whatever's going on in your life is not wrong. It's exactly where you need to be. It is what it is. It may not be ideal, 
but please see if this resonates with you please do not judge yourselves for not recognizing the patterns earlier you are exactly where you need to be until you are no longer you me everybody are always doing their best with the tools available to them at any given time from their level of awareness so please bear that in mind before donning the judgmental cap that we are like we all like to wear and we wear it very often okay so i will use a recent conversation with a male client to highlight more clearly what i mean the minute Mark tells me his wife Sarah is criticizing and controlling him. I know that Mark is also criticizing himself and may also be giving himself up to her to try to have control over getting her approval. Each is controlling in their own way, but Mark is aware only of Sarah trying to control him for reasons already outlined we see very clearly the splinter in our neighbor's eye but rarely do we see the log in our own if you look at that situation the control is there if you scratch just a little under the surface and it may be very subtle it's there and more often than not it's rarely rarely literal let me give you another example Many clients complain and are rightly upset when their partners cheat on them and they sit in my therapy and coaching chair devastated. And that, of course, needs handling skillfully. Before I can lead them to a place of empowerment and freedom through greater awareness, I first must hold a space of unconditional love beyond any judgment of the situation. And by the way, and this advice is crucial, to keep that sacred space is of paramount importance for any budding therapist or coach out there to build trust and the deep rapport you are going to need if a career in helping others is your true passion. Hold a space of unconditional love without any judgment for your client before you dive into directives in perspectives. That is one of the best pieces of advice I can give to you. Okay, if I were to jump right in when she tells me about the husband cheating and I state, well, you deserve that because of, and then you can fill in the blank, I'm going to add a hefty dose of painful and negative emotions on top of whatever it is they are already feeling, which is often inadequacy, anger, despair, uncertainty, confusion, and a whole host of other, other emotions. So before I can take them to the other side of this painful equation, where freedom from the illusory constructs of their mind await, I must first explain the, the law of cause and effect. That everything which is happening is happening for us and not to us. I have explained this clearly many times in many different formats with podcasts and YouTube videos and blogs and extensively in my book. Yet 
you must understand that everything is happening for us and not to us that every event person and circumstance presented to us is a lesson on our quest for liberation if we're awake enough to receive the teachings that also that everything in our past had to happen as it did and couldn't have happened any other way and why not because it didn't they are the facts and when you divorce the stories in your head and marry the facts all of a sudden you begin to create an intimate relationship with reality and from there life begins to change once my client understands this i mean really understands it then i know she or he is ready to hear the truth about themselves and the part they played in the situation which is creating their suffering you see the getting it at that level is a game changer and when you do everything will change for you and again I will run through it because it's so damn important there are three levels of getting it there's get it there's get it get it and there's get it get it get it the first level of getting it is when you understand the concept the intellectual idea being presented to you in a book in a podcast in an audio book by somebody's spoken word you understand the intellectual idea getting it getting it is when you take that idea you take that knowledge and you begin to practice it you experience it it becomes existential and you do it enough to where that knowledge becomes wisdom you now get it get it getting it getting it getting it is when you have done it for so long you do it autonomously without even having to think about it it becomes an unconscious habit now you own it now you own it and that at that point you really do get it get it get it okay so to go back to the whole relationship with reality it really is a beautiful thing because when you can surrender to what is as a fact and not berate life for not doing what you think it should be doing will truly truly set you free and that is not semantics it will set you free just this alone if understood will present to you so much freedom i can't tell you i used to be such a victim literally growing up late teens early 20s even early 30s and i would be forever telling myself how life should be and how others should be i was rather the expert in shooting all over myself yeah i couldn't tell you and i can't tell you the one event that changed all that but i do remember something i remember thinking to myself i was like i think i was laid in bed thinking to myself something to sell something which had bothered me and i was a little upset i remember saying darren excuse my french how fucking arrogant and pretentious are you to believe that the universe should dance to your tune? That somehow you know how things should be. And that was a real breakthrough moment. And now when I see clients are, who are also shooting over themselves and others, I state comically the same. Oh, 
I'm sorry, I didn't get the memo that the universe needs to be behaving according to your demands, that somehow you know how things should and need to be. And luckily, most laugh and realise how bloody ridiculous these unmet demands are. Some, of course, who revel in the victim story they have so heavily invested in, and why they why are they invested in it to justify their suffering, of course, they do try to push back. But once the genie is out of the bottle, it's not going back in. What is seen can't be unseen. And when we can see the world we live in as a university that is forever open and forever imparting lessons, everything changes. Everything changes. I believe that every human being on the planet is being presented with the perfect circumstances to attain their own liberation. Life is merely doing what it must to set you up for personal freedom. And if you can see that, it becomes a beautiful process because it's revealing to you in the shape of experiences, events and situations where you are still not free. And when I say free, I mean from the prison of your own mind, free from the stories, limiting beliefs, the narratives and false constructs you hold true about yourself. It may not appear so at times due to the pain and suffering we all feel, but I can assure you life is a beautiful process of friction that polishes the diamonds we all are. Once we begin to chip away at those false constructs, the real gemstones we are starts to show itself. To give you a great metaphor, the same way Michelangelo, when asked, how did you create Masterpiece David? He responded, I merely chipped away and removed everything that wasn't David. He saw the masterpiece in the block of marble before he even started. So, when we stop resisting, and opposing life as it is and begin to embrace acceptance as a default, we become emotionally mature. Now here's a caveat, just to be clear. That is not to say we accept things we don't appreciate. Absolutely fucking not. I am very keen to state we get what we deserve because we get what we tolerate. I am all for creating and using my unique talents to shape my world according to my highest values and calling. This includes removing people from my life that do not align with those values or my calling. Now here's the thing, that is not to make those who do not align wrong in any way. Every person I know has shaped my life to this point and I am grateful for them. I just don't hang on to dead wood because in my world, dead wood is for burning, not keeping. So, my choices are very, very important to me. Who I spend my quality time with is damn important. I need congruency. I need people to do what they say. I need people that can commit and are good communicators and honest and loyal and all the values that are dear to me. If I spend my quality time with people who are in contrarian or or oppose those views and values, I'm not honouring and valuing myself. 
So I am far more driven to associate with people and places that complement, enhance my own journey in this present moment and where I'm headed. So I hope that I hope that is clear. And maybe for those who is not, reach out and let's discuss it further or rewind the podcast. I think around 18 minutes and start again and listen a little more clearly. Okay, let's go back to Natalie and her cheating spouse. Well, as stated, it's not always literal. The law of attraction and the mirror is not always literal. And it didn't take much digging at all to reveal to my client Natalie that she had been indeed cheating on herself her whole life. Maybe not expressed sexually, but in the form of lying and withholding her truth from her parents, friends, lovers, etc. And by not following her passion or her purpose, which, which, which she openly admitted to. Neither upholding her pledge to look after her body. In fact, we identified so many ways that she had been cheating on herself and it was inevitable that she attracted a cheater to show her how damn painful and destructive cheating was and so remains. Here's the thing. Again, this is my theory. The frequency which cheating resonates on is distinct and does not distinguish using specifics. The channel it uses to broadcast its frequency can be heard by every human being who either cheats on themselves or others. The mirror is forever reflecting back to us in others what we are, whether we like it or not or whether we understand it or not. So, if we dig a little deeper, what's going on here? Why do we attract those, for example, who appear to hurt us? Or those who treat us poorly? Or those who can't love us? Well, that's quite obvious because they have no point of reference for loving themselves, which is another topic altogether and one I'll get into at a later date. But the bottom line is this. We are all just chasing that most elusive but paradoxically abundant energy, love, or what we believe love to be, which for most, in my opinion, is way, way wide of the mark. In my world and in my model of the world, love is a frequency, an energy, and not so much of an emotion. To be in love... I'm sorry about that. Well, if you wanted any evidence that this podcast is uh, recorded live and spontaneously, there you go. That was my dear wife calling me from Dubai and I had to briefly reject her call and I'll get back to her in a minute. OK, so where was I? Where was I? Where was I? OK, so love is a frequency. It's an, not so much an emotion, but an energy to be in love is a state of being. When I say I am in love, for example, people say to me, oh, Darren, that's fantastic. Who's the lucky woman? Who is she? Because we immediately equate love with an intimate relationship with another human being. Yet, as beautiful as that can be, my state of love is for 
life itself and not just a significant other. Talking of my darling wife, I love my Paula very dearly. She's an amazing woman, but that relationship doesn't define who I am. When I say I'm in love, I am tuned into the frequency of love. I am in flow, harmonious with myself and nature. I am, in fact, in love with life. I'm having a love affair with life. You know, I tell friends all the time that I can sit on a beach with ants running up and down my fingers and sometimes lose myself and even, even have welled emotion come up with a tear in my eye to see an expression of life. The same way as I'm an expression of life, just articulating itself in a different way, in a different vehicle, in a different avatar. And for me, that's such a beautiful thing. So I don't equate love to the sweetening of emotions. I equate love to the relationship we have with life itself. See, the attraction and expansion based on what my partner is doing or not doing for me or how my partner is behaving at any given time is anything but love. That, my friends, in my opinion, is a business contract and is as far from unconditional love as it can be. Well, certainly in my world at least. Okay, so... Back to my two clients. So when Natalie tells me about Jeff's cheating, she's also telling me about her failure to own her part in their dysfunctional relationship. See, the problem is that Mark and Sarah and Natalie and Jeff all got together wanting to get love. Please listen to that. Wanting to get love rather than knowing how to love themselves and share their love. So, do you really want to continue to do this in your life? Attracting at your common level of emotional health? See, attracting at your level of emotional health means that you have done the inner work necessary to heal your feelings of shame, insecurity and a lack of self-love. It means that you have stopped abandoning yourself and have learned how to love yourself, which means that you have taken responsibility for your feelings rather than voiding your feelings or making another responsible for them. When you learn or when you begin to learn to value yourself and take responsibility for your feelings, you are no longer attracted to someone who emotionally abandons themselves you are going to be drawn to people who also value themselves and want to share love rather than get love. So you will no longer end up with someone who blames, withdraws, judges or sees themselves as a victim. You will just not find this type of person attractive as they are not at your level of emotional health any longer. And I hope that makes sense. To use a catchy but simple phrase that's easy to remember, your vibe will attract your tribe. Or better known, birds of a feather flock together. That is the frequency of attraction. And the law of attraction states that like attracts likes. This means people with a low frequency, people who are insecure and self-abandoning are going to attract each other. While people with a high frequency people who love and value themselves are also going to attract each other. People who are positive, open, secure, giving,
caring and kind to themselves and others are not going to be attracted to people who are closed, negative, needy, aggressive of approval and craving attention all the time. And if they are, what can, what can I say about that? If you're still attracted to people who depict those traits and they're not part of you or you believe they're not part of you, then I would contest there, are, there persists part of you that still needs healing. And once that part within you is healed, they, you will cease to be attracted to those who formerly triggered you or those who you were formerly attracted to. Again, just the mirror reflecting back to you where you are on your own journey. See, while no one deliberately seeks out someone who is closed, negative and needy, if this is you, for, for example, this is what you attract into your life. If you want a loving relationship, then you need to do the work of learning how to take emotional responsibility. This means learning to be more present in your body rather than stuck in your mind, avoiding your feelings. Being open to your feelings and emotions and what they are telling you rather than protecting against them with a variety of denial and judgment, both of self and of others. Remember, speaking of emotion, emotions are your feedback mechanisms letting you know how you are doing with your choices and your actions. If your emotions are off, it's for good reason. So pay attention and find a different way until your emotional state is both stable and empowered. Learning to access this spiritual source of love and self-love rather than expecting someone else to be your higher power is of paramount importance, I can assure you. When you begin to take control of your life and emotions, rather than allowing others to dictate what you do and how you feel, the world will begin to treat you accordingly. Why? Because the world takes its cue from how you treat yourself, which means valuing your time and yourself. Failure to do so will result in the world doing the same. Don't value your time, then you will attract people to you that will confirm that back to you as a truth. Learning to take loving action in your own behalf, or on your own behalf, better said, rather than expecting others to do this for you, is the name of the game. And I would argue, in fact, it's the only game in town. Expecting others to do that is a slippery slope and one I encourage you to avoid at all costs. Why? because expectations of others will drain you very quickly as it's always, always reliant on something or somebody other than yourself to give you what you believe you need to feel safe and love. On top of that, you are never ever going to predict correctly how another human being is going to be and neither can you crawl inside their head and change their thoughts about what they should or shouldn't be doing. My advice is to stay in your lane and focus on being the very very best person you can be and allow others to do the same. And 
if that allows for two people to come together and coexist where your values and their values can coexist then beautiful but please recognize what is workable and that which is not if you are seeking a relationship and I know you are because it's the thing that we all seek out why not start today learning how to love yourself rather than continue to abandon yourself waiting to be saved by some external source if you are in a relationship that's having problems the most important thing you can do to help the relationship is learn how to love yourself rather than continue to abandon yourself of course this takes discipline and it takes consistency if your default up until now has been the complete opposite of today's podcast then you will have to put the work in to change a few things and if that is beyond your reach then get a good coach or a good therapist who can help you what I will say is this the money you spend on yourself is the best money you will ever spend remember the quality of your life is directly correlated to the quality of your thinking and nowhere is this better highlighted than in your intimate relationships they are indeed designed to press our buttons they're designed to initiate powerful emotions and to cause us to think deeply about ourselves they are indeed life's ultimate teachers and unless you get your mind right in or out of a relationship regardless of your wealth position or social media status life will be unrewarding at best and extremely painful at worst okay I was hoping to get this all done within 30 minutes but I've overrun a little bit so before I go I would ask you to please support this podcast by sharing it with others it is free and the content as I am sure you agree can be transformational I was going to use the word life-changing then but I must point out to you that there there are distinct differences between change and transformation for instance I've got a bit of paper in front of me and if I take it and fold it three or four times I have changed the appearance of that piece of paper yet the essential quality the nature of the paper hasn't changed at all yet transformation is something very different it's when none of the old remains it's completely transformed and to use the, the favorite metaphor amongst the spiritual community from the caterpillar to the butterfly as the caterpillar gives up on its previous existence and allows the greater form to come forth and take flight that is what I'm trying to do in my podcasts in my sessions in my book it's all about getting you from one side to another leaving behind anything which is which was recognizable until you flower and bloom and leave behind that which no longer serves you so I can, I'm sure you agree transformation is a very different animal from change okay so please share the content and please leave me a message on any concept within this podcast or any of my podcasts that you find confusing and you would like further clarity on before I go you can connect with me also on Instagram at Darren John Timms also at my website www.darrenjohntimms.com on Facebook at Darren Timms and my YouTube channel at Darren Timms
So, until the next time, or till the next time, be your greatest version.